0: grumpy old geeks a weekly talk show hosted by brian schulmeister and jason de discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame welcome to grumpy old geeks i'm jason de and i'm brian schulmeister Caught this one over on our Discord channel, Brian, and it Mm -hmm. gave me a little tickle. It's called the Crypto Miner Tycoon Simulator Trailer. Right. Uh, It's a trailer for an actual simulator that is listed on uh, Steam. So it looks like it's an actual game. At first, I thought this might be just, you know, somebody playing graphic designer having some fun. But it looks like it might be an actual game where you get to play a Crypto Miner Tycoon.
1: Okay. So if you come (laughs) in rich, you stay rich. And if you come in poor, you end up even poorer.
0: Or maybe it, 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 if you keep playing long enough, everybody ends at zero. It's uh, it's <laughs> it's, it's
1: basically an entropy simulation. It's a completely new uh, definition of zero sum game. Yes.
0: Yeah. So I'm thinking I'm watching this thing go, and then it just made me think of Ender's Game. I'm like, oh, maybe the designers of this game are just like you know, using humans as uh, as, as some way to program their their AI to <laughs> to like actually get better crypto. Out of the miners, I don't know. I was just thinking out loud.
1: All right. Well, not bad. <laughs> A little more NFT news, of course. I mean, God, we try to get away from this, but it's just everywhere. And I don't know why we're still yelling about it. Everybody that listens to us understands our position on it. But yeah. for the slow people in the back, uh, Cent, which is the uh, U.S.-based platform, which uh, got some infamy for selling an NFT of Jack Dorsey's first tweet for $2.9 million, Has halted most transactions because people were selling tokens of content that did did not belong to them, its founder said, calling this a fundamental problem in the fast-growing digital assets market. Yes, somebody who started, (laughs) started one of these exchanges, runs an exchange, is basically making a living doing this, is flat out coming out and saying this is all bullshit and there are fundamental problems with it that we cannot solve. There you go. (laughs) Yep. He highlighted three main problems. People selling unauthorized copies of other NFTs, people making NFTs of content which does not belong to them, and people selling sets of NFTs which resemble a security. He said these issues are rampant with users minting and minting and minting counterfeit digital assets. We can try to police it, but it's like a game of whack-a-mole. Maybe you just get out of the business then because it's obviously (laughs) not good. I think this is a pretty fundamental problem with Web3, he concludes.
0: Yes, Yes. since nobody really still knows what Web 3 is besides, you know... A grift. The, yeah, it's some kind of massive grift, but we'll figure out what that is as time goes on. We'll figure it out. Uh, you know, we just jump off the cliff, Brian. We're going to build the
1: plane as we, yes. as we plummet to the air. Even though we know there are fundamental problems with our plane design, we're doing it anyways. <laughs> yes. Are these blueprints to a submarine? I, yes. There's no wings. <laughs> Wait, there's one. We stole it. In the news... Yes, who's back? I'm, I'm not referring to the uh, Super Bowl halftime show. Movie Pass, back from the dead yet again. This is what, again. three, fourth, fourth bat at this? Um, this I don't know. This Off-down. one's really swinging for all the buzzword fences, though, Jason. All right, hit me. <laughs> Co-founder Stacy Spikes, who's back at the helm, says Movie Pass 2.0, I guess because we had 1.1, 1. 1, 1. 1.2, 1. 1.3, 1. 1.4, <laughs> yeah. all of which failed. Here we go is being built on a web three framework and will have a kind of virtual currency. Well, can it have what (laughs) kind of, what is it kind
0: of, what are you talking about? I don't think that they really know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: So members will get credits that they can use for tickets for themselves and friends. Unused credits will roll over, roll over minutes to the next month and you'll be able to transfer them to other people. There will be tiered plans, but uh, there is no idea of pricing at the moment. Uh, They will show you how many credits you have and available screenings at theaters. In other words, they're going to make really crappy deals, so you'll you'll be able to use the credits on nothing. Uh, Credits will work differently during peak and off-peak times. A Friday or Saturday might cost more. You'll also be able to reserve specific seats at some of MoviePass's partner theaters, just like you can do if you buy a ticket. Uh, There will be ways for people to earn (laughs) credits through an app via a pre-show experience. In other words, watching Uh, ads to earn more credits. mm And to make sure you're actually watching them, the app will employ facial recognition and eye tracking. There you know, it is. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> They're also opening up a portion of the company for equity investment. Why just use no. the app when you can own part of it?
0: <laughs> uh, is it gonna, do you have to uh, buy in with a kind of virtual currency?
1: Uh, I, or your eyeball, apparently. Those who take yeah. a stake in it will receive benefits such as lifetime membership. The lifetime of me- of movie passes... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. about uh, a Scaramucci or two. So I'm not sure yep. that that's really going to do you much. Uh, so here we go. He bid less than $250,000 for the assets to regain ownership of MoviePass. Obviously, he thinks he can do something here. He did not get customer email addresses or other data. So they're starting over basically from scratch as it were. I'm pretty sure you can
0: find those pretty yeah. much anywhere. So yeah. Can and,
1: uh, I mean, he's pointing out the theaters are struggling and he's saying he's, he's fighting the good fight to get people back in theaters. Uh, sure. They, they've definitely struggled with the pandemic, forcing many to at least temporarily close their doors, but I'm not sure as the article points out a web three based service with a virtual currency and facial recognition component might not be the lifeboat these chains or their patrons are looking for. Agreed. Really? You think? <laughs> I just, you know, I mean, obviously you just immediately go to a Clockwork Orange, don't you?
0: Yeah, I just, I'm wondering, do movie theaters need to be saved? How many times do we need to come out and save them? If, you know, if they're not working, they're not working.
1: Yeah, I mean... Out. you know let them go there's there's still a couple drive-ins out there for the niche thing that people enjoy and there'll be a couple movie theaters for the people that really want to go to movie theaters but i think we've learned something people like to watch at home we have big TVs now yeah. and our popcorn doesn't cost 2550
0: i was thinking when they said that you know it's going to be powered by a virtual currency so now we've got like kind of a a value tracker on our phones that lets us know when when the price you know when the exchange rate has changed enough so my popcorn will be cheaper which would probably be in the middle of every movie because nobody's getting popcorn at that time so then they're going to have to start changing when the ads are played in the movie because everybody's rushing out to get popcorn in the middle of the movie now because the the price tanked on the virtual movie pass currency coin
1: (laughs) isn't life hard enough already why are we complicating things (laughs) i don't understand
0: Yes. Uh, well, here's, here's another head scratcher for you. Texas is suing Meta over Facebook's facial recognition practice, which, uh, if you remember, Illinois did yep. a while back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas is trying to do it now, and they're going to be looking for hundreds of billions of dollars worth of fines.
1: Everything's bigger Good in luck, Texas. Texas.
0: <laughs> Everything is bigger in Texas.
1: I'm surprised that uh, it's a Texas thing. You know, Texas is usually uh, is the hands-off place where you can do what you want as a business. It's why Elon moved there. Um, but okay, good. I'm down with this. I'm happy. They need they need money to rebuild their power grid. That's yeah, why. That's true. And uh, more meta bad news. Uh, as Variety reports, the company has agreed to pay $90 million to settle a 2012 class action lawsuit accusing the company of violating users' privacy. Uh, <laughs> so they allegedly overstepped it. We have to continue to say allegedly because they're settling. Uh, overstepped its bounds in 2010 and 2011 by using tracking cookies that monitored browsing after users had signed out despite promises to the contrary. We covered this back in 2012. Uh, they're, so they're finally paying out because it just dragged on and on and on. I love the fact that they're trying to – Here, here's the way that they're spinning this. Uh, this is so old. That it's probably just in our best interest <laughs> to settle it and move past the issue. We don't need to have this drag out anymore. Who even remembers <laughs> Facebook? We're not, who's Facebook? Who's this Facebook like to hear people? M- we're we're yeah, metas. You know- yeah, we're metamates. Metamates. Oh boy, mate I can't believe people are actually still employed there and are willing to be called that. Uh, but this is yeah. the seventh largest privacy or breach related uh, uh, settlement in the U.S. According to the law firm, with another Facebook case, which was a hundred and sixty-five million dollar payout over facial recognition, the number one. So you know, there, they're, mm-hmm. I would say death by a thousand cuts, but it's going to take a hundred gazillion million gazillion Google cuts to actually do anything to Facebook.
0: Yeah. Well, considering they're pulling in like, what, $38 billion a quarter? Yeah. Kind of, you need a lot of cuts. Yep. That's a whole lot of cutting going on. And the whole thing with the Metamates is just, uh, I didn't even put a link in in the show notes because so many people sent it to us. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this whole, like, they're really, you know, going whole hog on the rebrand over there at Meta, trying to distance themselves as far as they can. From that uh, that Facebook name. (laughs) <laughs> yep yep and they even hired that one guy that uh, we all love so much he's like he's kind of like the uh the head of the uh the intelligentsia division now trying to you know backfill their their horrible reputation right. so i'm sure that that's going to work out great <laughs> uh speaking of things that are working out great uh peter Thiel backed crypto startup blockfi to pay 100 million dollars in a settlement with the sec okay uh yeah. Another, you know, drop in the bucket for Mr. Teal. Yep. So or even BlockFi. So I may, hey, but you know, some people are st- at least getting fined for these things. So yeah, should, you it's, know, step it's in something. the right direction. Yeah. This is a head scratcher right here. The San Francisco Police Department, some of my least favorite cops in the country, they uh they have been using DNA from rape kits from women who, you know, basically reported a rape and had had a rape kit done. They've been using that DNA going forward to try and convict these people of crimes that may have happened in the future. Okay. Uh, so a woman was busted for uh, felony B and E, I believe uh, based on DNA that was in a rape kit that she submitted years ago. Uh, this is obviously not a good thing for the San Francisco police department uh, in, in, you know, Many, many ways. How many times, How many things are going to have to be uh, sorted through to find out where these things came from if uh, people actually do step up and say, hey, that's a really bad thing to do. I don't know. This is a it's kind of a bad one, I think. I mean, granted, there's not that many people in San Francisco, so you
1: could say it's a tempest in a teapot, but it's, uh, it's, so an, it's not a good look. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not the not direction I, I think you should be going. Yeah. So, no, bad idea, people.
0: Yeah, if they're fingerprinting DNA for anything, get at least, you know, they've got piles of man poo all around the city. <laughs> Start with that. Poo tracker. It is, mm-hmm. seriously. Uh, and I just threw this one, and we usually don't cover general silly tech news, or non-silly tech news, but uh, Akamai has bought uh, Linode, or Linode, okay. however you pr- prefer to pronounce it, for $900 million. So that's a pretty good haul. I remember when they started. Yeah. We were... Uh, We were one of their first customers when they started. So that's a good payday for them. I've I've always liked their service. I thought they did a pretty good job of it. And, uh, you know, you could say that they were keeping AWS on their toes, but AWS was so much bigger. (laughs) $900 million (laughs) is like an afternoon for AWS.
1: That is true. uh,
0: Yeah, but I like Akamai and I like uh, Linode, so
1: good for them. Good for them. Happy for them. Uh, something I'm a little less thrilled about Virgin Galactic is uh, still kicking around after their stock tanked because, you know, it, unsustainable business, but they're trying to make it sustainable here. They're looking for 1,000 people to buy its $450,000 spaceflight tickets.
0: I will gladly pay you Tuesday for a space flight today. <laughs>
1: yes, they have opened up uh, to the general public ticket sales as of yesterday, and uh, you can put down a $150,000 deposit. You can get the $300,000 later. For that $450,000, you will get a 90-minute ride to the edge of space, including the Signature Air Launch and Mach 3 Boost to Space, the company said. They've sold 100 tickets to space at the updated price as of right now. Around 700 people, including Elon Musk, have made reservations. You will enjoy several minutes of weightlessness and spectacular views of the Earth from the 17 windows. You also get several days of astronaut training, a fitted and branded Under Armour spacesuit, and membership in the future astronaut community, whatever that might be. Future astronaut
0: community. Okay.
1: And, uh, the, it, it,
0: that's, for, that's for the future time when we redefine the line of space so you can actually be an astronaut. Yes. We're, that's going through uh, litigation right now.
1: And the uh, writer over at Engadget uh, throws in this line, these suborbital space flights definitely aren't cheap, but are far less than the 55000000 million you'd pay for an orbital 10-day SpaceX flight, uh, and goes on to kind of make an inference that this is a better deal. So I wanted to run some math because I enjoy doing that on this show. Uh, just running right. the math here really quick. There's 14... Uh, 14- thousand or 1,440 minutes in a day so divide that by 90 which is the length of the virgin galactic flight that gives you 16 so you could do 16 flights in a day 16 times four hundred and fifty thousand dollars works out to 7.2 million dollars per day times 10 days if which is what you would get with the spacex flight uh, and you actually go into orbit as opposed to just suborbit, only works out to 72 million dollars so it's actually more expensive if you spent that amount of time on Virgin Galactic as opposed to SpaceX, and you're only suborbital, you're not orbital, so my argument is you actually get better bang from your buck from Bezos. There you go. Look at you busting <laughs> out the math. So if you're one of those people that can easily throw down half a mil for a flight, you might as well go all in. But to bring us back down to Earth, let's talk about real people and real money, not you crazy rich people. New York City is okay. going to raise the premium pay for Uber and Lyft drivers. Yay. Good job. All right. Uh, last week, New York City Mayor Eric Adams announced that they would increase min- minimum driver pay for both Uber and Lyft. It's the second such move since 2018. They will have to pay uh, both ride hail apps will have to pay New York City drivers a minimum of one dollar and $1.161 per mile and 0. 0.529 cents per minute, which amounts to roughly a 5.3% raise. Wow, with that kind of money, they'll be flying into orbit in no time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe 100,000 years. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, if you think that's not a lot of people, I was a little surprised to find this out. There's an estimated 9- 90,000 drivers in New York City alone. No wonder traffic sucks so bad. Yay, gig economy.
0: This episode is brought to you by Delete Me. Today, I want to share something personal and honestly a bit alarming. Now, on this show, we talk a lot about how much of our personal info is out there. We're talking about home addresses, contact details, and even information about your family. And if you've ever felt that uneasy feeling about your privacy, you're not alone. That's why I want to tell you about Delete Me. It's a game changer for protecting your personal information. As someone who's been through the ringer with spam calls and phishing attempts, Finding Delete Me felt like a breath of fresh air. Could your potential views expose you to cybercrimes, identity theft, or even violence in this election year? The amount of personal data available online has tripled from 2019 to 2023. Angry individuals motivated by their political beliefs can now easily access personal details from data brokers for 98% of U.S. citizens, putting you at risk of harassment and identity theft. Fortunately, you can safeguard your data with Delete Me. Delete Delete.me scours the internet, finding and removing you and your family's personal data from hundreds of data broker websites. And they don't just do it once, they monitor your information to ensure that it stays private. I signed up and provided the specifics on what I wanted to go, and the team at Delete.me took it from there. They keep me in the loop with regular updates, showing exactly where my info was popping up and confirming when it was removed. Seeing how dedicated they are to protecting my privacy is a relief. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now available at a special discount for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan today when you go to joindeletemecom slash GOG and use promo code GOG at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeletemecom slash GOG and enter code GOG at checkout. One more time, that's J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash GOG with code GOG at checkout. This episode is sponsored by Mood. 420 celebrations come in all shapes and sizes, just like the many ways to enjoy your THC. Mood offers just the right buzz with their federally legal flower, gummies, vapes, and more, helping you find the perfect high. Mood is offering our listeners a free THCA pre-roll and 20% off your first order. Just head over to hellomood.com and use our exclusive code GOG. Mood's latest introduction, the THCA flower, is a game-changer, offering the classic cannabis high with a twist. With 10 high-inducing strains, it's their most potent lineup yet. What's even better is that all Mood products are extracted from hemp, making them federally legal, and are regularly tested to ensure the highest quality. Sourced from small family farms, you're getting a product that's effective and pesticide-free. I tried several of their products from the uplifting energized to the mellow chill, and I must say each provided a unique enjoyable high. My favorite? Definitely the creative strain. It sparked an incredible flow of ideas and got me through my daily projects with ease. Whether you're new to THC or a seasoned aficionado, mood has something for every vibe. Their in-house experts have tailored different strains to match specific moods, offering a range of products to suit any preference. From delectable gummies to classic flower and convenient pre-rolls, there's a multitude of ways to enjoy moods offerings. Celebrate 420 exactly how you want to with mood. Get 20% off your first order, plus a free THCA pre-roll at hellomood.com with promo code GOG. That's hellomood.com code GOG. Are you hungry? I am. Which means it's a perfect time to talk about Factor. Why not make your spring a breeze with Factor's delicious ready-to-eat meals? Picture this. Every meal is fresh, never frozen, crafted by top chefs, and has the dietitian's thumbs up. Plus, they're ready to roll in just two minutes. You've got 35 mouthwatering options to choose from each week. Whether you're into calorie smart, keto, ramping up your protein, or keeping it green with vegan and veggie, factors got you covered. And there's more. Each week brings over 60 extras, including breakfast, grab-and-go lunches, snacks, and drinks to keep your energy up and your taste buds happy all day. So, what's the holdup? Dive in today and give your spring the tasty kickstart it deserves. As someone who's lived off microwave meals for most of his life, I can confidently say that Factors' chef-crafted dishes blow anything else I've had out of the water. The chicken stays juicy, the veggies are crisp, and the flavors are absolutely delicious. I'm talking about meals like their artichoke and spinach chicken and the spicy poblano beef bowl out of this world. Are you craving a touch of gourmet? Well, check out the meals featuring luxury ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. It's fancy dining without the fuss. And speaking of no fuss, the meals are a total breeze. Forget about prepping, cooking, and cleaning. Just heat up your meal and enjoy the deliciousness. Plus, everything's tailored to fit your life. Customize your weekly meal plan to get exactly what you need whenever you need it. Need to pause or shift your deliveries? No problem. It's all designed to work around your schedule. Factor is your solution for fast, premium meals without the need for cooking. And Factor is celebrating Earth Day all month long. Look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for the lowest carbon footprint meals. Head to Factormeals.com slash Grumpy50 and use code Grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code Grumpy50 at Factormeals.com slash Grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. This episode is brought to you by Delete Me. Today, I want to share something personal and honestly a bit alarming. On this show, we often discuss the vast amount of personal info floating around out there. We're talking home addresses, contact details, and even information about your family. If you've ever felt that uneasy feeling about your privacy, you're definitely not alone. That's why I need to tell you about Delete Me. It's been a game changer for me in protecting my personal information. As someone who's been bombarded with spam calls and phishing attempts, discovering Delete Me was like finding a magic shield. That's J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash G-O-G with code G-O-G at checkout.
1: Media Candy. I was looking for something new to watch, and I'd been hearing a lot of buzz about this show, so I, I tossed on the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window on netflix okay uh starring kristen Bell, who i um, whom i do love (laughs) the title led me to believe that this would be some sort of kind of you know space ballsy take on on parody yeah parody uh two episodes in it seems to be taking itself pretty seriously so i'm a little bored and not continuing (laughs)
0: Okay, well, you should you should maybe just just for shits and giggles, check out the scene in uh, episode five,
1: I believe. Uh, Yes, that went viral because somebody complained that she was watching it with her parents and Kristen Bell gets absolutely railed, as she said in the tweet. And she replied, (laughs) sorry or oops or something like that. I did check out that scene because I find Kristen Bell extremely attractive. And boy, did they do a good job of covering up every absolute bit of her that I wanted to see. exactly that's what they do (laughs) brian did not get to go to the good place no i did not go to the good place at all (laughs) um and this is netflix netflix has got tons of nudity all over the place you can see anything you want to see you can see men you can see women you can see whatever and uh no Chris, you can't see kristen bell that's the rule apparently
0: Nope. Apparently they don't have that much money.
1: No, they do not. Uh, And then I went on to manifest season three. I thoroughly, uh, like I said, I was kind of not so sure in season one, season two, I, I was all on board. Season three... They're doing what shows do when you don't have a plan or you realize that you're actually making some money here and you need to stretch whatever your plan was. They're introducing new characters (laughs) for no reason I can figure out, although it is nice to see the daughter from uh, The Americans. She plays one of the new characters. I find myself kind of doing what I did with The Witcher Season 3, which I have it on, and it doesn't really hold my interest. So I'm on Twitter which is sad because okay. I really did enjoy the first two seasons. But I'll keep it going. See what happens.
0: Yeah, I've been tweeting my way through the Beforeiners, too. <laughs> Season two. It is not, not uh, the greatest. Uh, but we have been watching Inventing Anna, the Anna Delvey story. I mm-hmm. don't know if you know about much about her story uh, from before this became a thing on Netflix. But uh, very interesting con artist in uh, New York City. It's uh, pretty good. And uh, Anna's played by uh, Julia Garner, who was uh, Ruth in Ozarks. She's such a great actress. She's really, you know, I mean, just seeing her everywhere now.
1: She was also in the Americans, right? She had a character. She was played a character in that at, for a brief she period did? of time. Yeah. Almost positive.
0: Mm, there's a girl that looks like her, Oh, okay. but I don't right. think she was it now. Um, but yeah, I, and I, I finally went back and I watched uh, What We Left Behind looking back at Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Um, they've got it on YouTube now and you can watch the whole thing for free. Cool. With, with ads. Um, well worth it. Well worth it if you are a fan. Uh, they do do one thing where I was – I just wish we were in the same room together because they – they broke a scene for the first scene of season eight, which doesn't exist. So they were just, you know, making it up on the spot. Right. And of course, Ron Moore was in the room <sighs> since he was one of the main writers on Deep Space Nine. And they literally are just making shit up as they go along and no <laughs> care whatsoever about, you know, what happens in the future.
1: Just like, oh, ah, that sounds good. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Space worm. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Let's kill Nog. Wait, what? No. <laughs> or you know then they moved on to discovery let's all talk about our feelings and let's give the ship an ai that has sentience and gets sad
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> did, did they name the ship marvin please tell me they named the <laughs> ship marvin uh, that would have been perfect but uh, uh, it is it is good i i recommend uh, checking it out it's uh it's a nice watch for one of my actually for my favorite star trek
1: cool yeah i'll definitely check that out i was a big fan of deep space nine as well although i never you know for me it's all next gen that's that's number Mm -hmm. one for me anyway speaking about the home of star trek uh paramount plus uh which we fondly remember as cbs access which uh was it them that put out that amazing press release the day they launched and they talked about how yes. they, the biggest day ever yes, all access yes. okay yep. good yes we well, had a we had a record download day. record download day the zero. first day that anything was available yeah well they actually have uh, hit some numbers that give them some reason to crow now they're at thirty two point eight million subscribers well not bad not bad, not bad considering yeah. there really isn't anything on there besides Star Wars or Star Trek Star Wars is Disney which has yep. much much bigger numbers. So, but it puts it ahead of Peacock, which has nothing, including 9 million paid subscribers who are paying for nothing, as well as smaller platforms like ESPN Plus, 17 million subscribers. Wait, hold on a second. How is that sentence structured? How can you say placing it ahead of Peacock with 9 million paid subscribers as well as other smaller platforms when the smaller platforms have more subscribers than the Peacock 9 million subscribers?
0: No, no, no. It's not. not, Yeah, this is poorly worded. They're They're still talking about CBS or Paramount Plus is still ahead of Peacock and ESPN and Discovery. Yes. All
1: right. And the only so somebody other... Somebody
0: needs a Grammarly subscription is
1: all we're saying. <laughs> Definitely. That just confused me because, you know, I read. Anyways, uh, the other notable bit of information here is you will now be able to bundle Showtime into your Paramount Plus subscription should you choose by upping the amount that you pay per month, which, I mean, there are about 7,000 ways to get Showtime through different places. So I'm not sure if the math works out, but I guess... Oh, if it you're... does. It does? Okay. so
0: Yeah, for me, it does. Because I have to pay, I get Showtime whenever a show comes out that I want to watch. Like billions right now, I'll just subscribe to it and then unsubscribe. But it's like twelve bucks a month when you have to do it through the app. Right. So if it's just an extra, you know, five or four dollars a month add-on to Paramount Plus, that actually saves me money. There so, you go.
1: Cool. So good news.
2: Fan.
0: Yeah, definitely. Until and they're changing the name again. Of uh, it's, uh, Viacom CBS is now going to go back to Paramount. Okay. <laughs> because, yeah, uh, Sumner Redstone's finally dead, so I guess they can do what they want.
1: They so should just call themselves me. Metamount.
0: Yeah, the problem with Metamount, though, is I actually enjoyed working at Paramount. It was one of my dream jobs. So I, 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 I'm good with the name change back, but yeah, let's, let's stick it for a while. Let's not zuck let's not <laughs> it up. Uh, and I saw Seth Rogen uh, tweet this. It is a, uh, an animated special that they're putting on uh, Amazon called The Boys Presents Diabolical. And uh, it looks pretty good to me. It's kind of like the Animatrix, where they do multiple storylines inside of the same universe. So apparently, there's going to be eight different cartoons in here. So I'm I'm kind of looking forward to it. Did you get a chance to watch a trailer?
1: Uh, I kind of dropped out of the boys. I, I enjoyed the first season. I just haven't stuck with it. So
0: oh oh, season two is even better, <laughs> and season three is right around the corner. So it's one of the few things I'm looking forward to. Ups and doodads.
1: Well, let me tell you something I'm looking forward to, Jason. Uh, Barrett sent this to us. Apparently, soon we'll be able to register things like uh, eggplantpeach.com. Okay? If you use the Can't Opera you browser. Do the- Anyways, these are emoji only. Okay, so only. you're talking about emojis, emoji, emoji only web it. addresses, which will only work in the Opera browser. Yes, they will. Uh, they have announced on Monday that they are enabling emoji-only based web addresses to bring a new level of creativity to the internet. Eggplant okay. water, eggplant water, eggplant <laughs> water. <laughs> yeah, Ooh, the integration. I feel so creative now. <laughs> the integration is a part of a partnership with Yat, a company that sells URLs with strings of emoji in them. And here we go. I love this press release. It's been almost 30 years since the World Wide Web launched to the public, and there hasn't been much innovation in the web link space. People still include .com in their URLs, says the executive vice president of Mobile at Opera in a press release. God, okay. imagine that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You have a TLD in a domain. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so dot uh, YAT pages are unique domains generated when someone purchases a string of emoji, which itself is called a YAT. The owner of a YAT can create an NFT of their emoji string, and the company plans to eventually let users connect their YATs to electronic payments, probably using a YAT coin. According to the company, <laughs> musicians are among the early adopters of YATs. For instance, one musician, Kesha, has a YAT page. One. Okay. One. And all it does is forward to keishasworld.com. Oh, there's pesky kids in those dot coms.
0: <laughs> do, come on, it's it's been 30 years, Brian. Why are people using such a dot com?
1: Yes, Yat co-founder Naveen Jain said Yat domain emoji domains let users personalize their internet identity, potentially giving creators, artists, and others more visibility online. Okay, it's, it's surprising to
0: see Naveen Jain in here throwing his head in with this crowd it's kind of kind of sad but uh yeah yet stands for yet another thing yet another thing i don't fucking need and again it
1: only works with opera nothing else yeah and it won't work with anything else because nobody else is going to sign on for this stupid ass crap (laughs) exactly speaking of stupid ass crap uh al writes in hey guys i just had a great idea you should set up the website to accept bat Yes, we will set up our YAT-enabled website to accept BAT from the Brave browser.
0: put it in a BAT.
1: (laughs) I know you hate crypto, but I'm sure all the listeners would donate some BAT to you if you set up contributions. I would like to donate U.S. dollars, but I'm a broke-ass student at the moment, and this way I could contribute something. Cheers from BC. Uh, It would be mighty hypocritical of us to accept a bullshit coin at this point from a browser (laughs) we both said nope to because they did some shady crap with that bullshit coin. Uh, Tell a friend to listen. That'll do us much better than tossing us some useless BAT shit. And uh, let's see what else has happened in apps and doodads. Ford Ford. is making it easier to 3D print accessories from its Maverick pickup. In case you had a 3D printer and a Maverick hybrid pickup truck, you can now make an ashtray or a cup holder or a phone mount tailored to your latest handset. Notably, uh, absent from any of this stuff is anything that you would need to go to a Ford service clinic for and where they still sell you the parts that you need to make your car run. But you can make a mud flap. Basically, they just,
0: (laughs) these guys just made a little divot that you could like, you know, put an accessory on. So they kind of made an accessory mount and said, you can create all of this stuff now that works in this little mount. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'd never even heard of the Maverick until this article you know and uh i spent almost an entire day on a ford lot the other day trying to get <laughs> rid of my fords so, like, they're not really doing a great job on the maverick branding no not Where's really the? Is, can, yeah you know would you get the maverick or would you get the goose i don't know about that that's a tough one <laughs> the ford goose the ford goose <laughs> and my favorite ssd got a got an upgrade i love these uh sandisk uh, extreme portable ssds they're kind of rubberized mm-hmm. uh been using them for years they just don't die uh they finally came out with a four terabyte version which is the the you know the holy grail sweet spot for me because i've got like (laughs) 3.2 terabytes worth of crap Yep. and uh it still drives me crazy that i got this new shiny macbook pro m1 rocket machine and i only got a two terabyte drive (laughs) drives me crazy (laughs) every day
1: Um, i still every um, time we do these stories and i look at the price i just i I scratch my head and i remember buying a 10 megabyte hard drive for around 400 dollars
0: yeah and as far as hard drives go this is extremely expensive yeah this is a pricey terabytes yeah it's 449 bucks before tax Uh, i think it worked out to like 470 for me after tax and all that those shenanigans but uh Yeah, these things are amazing. I mean, yeah, you can get a four terabyte plug-in, you know, platter drive for 20 bucks a terabyte now. But uh, this thing fits in your pocket, works great, and it's fast. So I copied over almost the entire thing, you know, within like two, three hours last night. So for a couple terabytes, that's pretty pretty snappy, I got to say.
1: At the library. Well, guess what, Jason? What, Brian? I completed all 716 pages of Termination Shock by Neal Stephenson. I tried to catch up to you yesterday, but I fell asleep. (laughs) So... (laughs) I have to say, uh, the, the last 200 pages, uh, I was definitely riveted. I, I'm not sure what percentage it was, but, uh, you know, it was a very slow start. I, I'm Listeners to this podcast are probably so over this book at this point because I think <laughs> I we've been talking about it for two months. But I finally finished it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. As I slid into the last 100 pages, I started to go, oh, no, there's no way he's going to wrap this all up. I'm going to want to know more. There's going to be a sequel. It's going to be seven thousand pages, and I'm going to have to read it. <laughs> the termination cycle <laughs> coming
0: coming next.
1: Yeah, I mean, it it it, it I feel well. Obviously, for a seven hundred page book, uh, the ending wrapped up real fast. Uh, there's a hell of a lot more to explore, um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sucked in again, Jason. I'll I'll read I'll read All a right. second one if it comes.
0: Okay, okay, uh, about another four years. We'll keep an eye out for that. Uh, yeah, I'm on my way. I'll finish it just to get it finished. <laughs> so, and I did, uh, I did pick this up for when I'm done. It's called "How to Be Perfect: The Correct Answer to Every Moral Question" by Michael Sher. Uh, going back to the the Good Place, he's mm-hmm. the creator of the Good Place. Great show. And he did a he did a really good uh, podcast with Tim Ferriss this week. So uh, there'll be a link to that in the show notes too. And I like I like the interview enough where I went and bought the book. So yeah. I don't know if the book's any good, but uh, I'll give it a shot. But definitely uh check out the check out the podcast episode. He's a smart guy. I really like him.
1: And a good writer.
0: Security? Ha! We are joined again by our friend Dave Bittner. Dave is the host of the Cyberwire Podcast, co-host of the social engineering podcast, Hacking Humans, with Joe Kerrigan. And finally, he's the co-host of Caveat with Ben Yellen, where they discuss law and policy and surveillance and privacy. Welcome back to this non-Boba Fett episode, Dave.
1: (laughs) Whatever shall we do?
2: I'm a little
1: saddened. (laughs) I'm not going to lie.
2: I mean, we could speculate about uh, the Obi-Wan show coming up, but, but, you know, that's, yeah. Yeah. I, I look—it's security ha huh, and Star Wars corner, and yes. that's just the way it is. That's so the way it you is. Know.
1: <laughs> I, I did see a tweet that we got, which made me think about this. And and now I freely admit I do not listen to our own show, and uh but I am here. Yeah. Well, I'm at least seventy percent here for it when we record. So I mostly remember what we have talked about. But Mr. Dom tweeted us and said unsubscribe from GOG Podcast. Just too much negative negativity about the book of Boba Fett. I feel we were all very positive about the show. And if anything, it was just constructive criticism because we wanted it to be even better.
2: I th- I would concur with that. Yes. Okay. Uh, I don't know. You know, <laughs> fans are going to fan and that's fine. And, yes. And, uh, I-, I
1: wrote back and said, thanks for listening. The way it goes. You know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. That's all you can do. That's all you can that's
2: do. That's all you can do. You Kids put yourself out there. Yeah, <laughs> what to, what about talk about some obscure browser? What do you think that's about?
1: No clue. We I try to avoid browser when, talk. No, <laughs> yeah, the only time I mean, we ever bring up browsers is when somebody sends us one.
0: Pretty much. That's right. why. That's why we mentioned it recently. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I
1: don't yeah. know. Fan's gonna fan. You, I or like it could that, be Dave. just taking the piss. Could be. Could be. All right. So let's get into actual security, since we unfortunately have no Star Wars to talk about, which, again, saddened <laughs> me greatly. Um, yeah. It appears we're inching closer and closer to what we've kind of had existential dread about for a while now. Ukraine is grappling with more cyber attacks as fears of an imminent Russian invasion reach their climax. It makes it sound yeah. much more exciting than it actually is. Netblocks and Gizmodo have reported that the Ukraine Defense Ministry and two state-owned banks have suffered denial-of-service attacks flooding their sites with traffic. The country's Armed Forces website also appears to have suffered an attack. Um, this is obviously trickling down to actual Ukrainians who have problems doing banking and things like that. And and we've seen kind of this pattern mm-hmm. before. Before invasions, you disrupt infrastructure and create chaos, and that helps soften yep. the target a little bit. Um, this article said got that people uh, the, on edge. yeah the US claimed uh the uh the invasion could happen as soon as tomorrow which was yesterday and thus far still no invasion so I guess we're still teetering on an edge but uh not good signs. Yeah, a
2: little bit of shelling there's been a little bit of shelling this morning actually. Yeah. Um the uh Russians hit a, a elementary school of all things.
1: Oh yeah, well you so. got you know got to soften the target by taking out the children hmm Yeah.
2: Yep. So shots fired. Um, uh, so hopefully uh it seems as the Ukrainians are showing restraint and not responding to it. But we're yeah, we're balancing on that knife's edge right now. Everybody's hoping for the best, but planning for the worst.
1: Yeah. Well, back on our home soil, the FBI has said that the Blackbite ransomware group has breached critical US infrastructure. By critical US infrastructure, they point out the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> <Which> I would. That's <laughs> fair. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> and it yeah. was right before the Super Bowl that they weren't playing in. Right. <laughs> So imagine
2: America without the National Football League. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's a, would, would people be more upset if they lost the NFL than they lost their electricity? That is a they'd probably be most upset for losing their electricity because it keep them from watching yes, the NFL. Yes,
1: it's not quite the same on a <laughs> on a wind up radio, I suppose, you know, um, probably. No, yeah. no. So Blackbite mm-hmm. is one of these ransomware as a service entities that we talked about a million years ago that basically... uh has an affiliate program, which allows its ransomware users and they get a percentage of proceeds. Uh, so yeah, that's been going on. I couldn't really find what the, I guess they maybe don't want to publicize it, what exactly the critical infrastructure sectors were that got hit. I don't know if you have any further info on that, Dave, but uh, yeah, I just did find uh, it hilarious. No.
2: <laughs> yeah. no, I don't have any specifics, but um, there's just been a lot of signaling from folks like the FBI and from CISA. Uh, just putting everybody on high alert to expect disruption. Yeah. Uh, just, I don't know. It's probably stating it too strongly, but just be on alert to expect the possibility of disruption. Um, I, I, I feel disruption like that is,
1: and... uh, you know, we're going back to the immediate post 9 11 aftermath of always being in yellow or orange or red. I, shouldn't we always just be expecting disruption at this point?
2: Yeah, but that's no way to live. <laughs>
1: That's true. Right. I mean,
2: (laughs) yeah. uh, So I don't know. We'll see. You know, as 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 this passes by, I I guess you can hear in my voice, I'm struggling with this because it is. It is good advice. And these people know what they're talking about and they're watching things and they know things that we don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for them to be putting us on alert for things that are happening a world away it makes sense because of what we saw with the um, the pipeline being taken down, um, you know, solar winds and all that stuff. Um, so, I don't know, you know, so, please hold on to the bar.
1: <laughs> yeah, and even Canada isn't immune uh, right now. Uh, you know, it's been inescapable living up here that the, the trucker convoys, I, I know this has even made news in the States. So, something's got to be really bad for something to happen in Canada and be reported on in the United States. Uh, We've had our our Freedom Convoy protests. Uh, Basically, it's uh, what what they've kind of called here like a very long lasting uh, uh, January 6th uh, Ottawa attack going on where they've rolled in and they've surrounded the city and certain, you know, certainly the uh, civic centers and things like that. And they aren't leaving and they're honking horns all night long. And as per usual with these sorts of things, it's uh, okay. First off, 80 percent of Canada is vaccinated. I think they did a they did a they released a a survey that found like 90 percent of Canadian truckers are vaccinated. So this is a 10 Mm percent. It it starts as, you know, we don't want vaccine mandates. We don't want to wear masks. And then it becomes Heil Hitler because then the, you know, the Nazi stuff starts to come out and it just starts to get insane. And and that's where we're at now. So Canada has. Uh, decided to invoke the Emergencies Act to rein in basically the crowdfunding because, unbelievably, these people are getting millions upon millions of dollars to support them and keep them going. And what they're finding out, of course, and here's not much of a shock at all, a lot of this money is coming from the U.S. These aren't Canadians Mm -hmm. protesting. This is shit disturbers. Do we have to say it? These are make Canada great again type bullshit going on and it's being funded by <laughs> the usual, by suspects, the usual right. suspects the people that you think are doing it are exactly the people that are behind all of this so there you go
2: right do they have red MAGA hats with ear flaps
1: <laughs> no but i mean again you see the pictures from the convoys and they're in canada protesting things happening in canada but they have trump banners so you mm-hmm. know whatever and i think that's well, that's hell, they really have them that's really what's upset a lot that's of the. Right. Can, we, right. can we send him up there no yeah. no he's not vaccinated oh wait he is damn it that's right
2: actually he is vaccinated that's, that's the problem the, that's yeah. the crazy thing yeah that is the
1: crazy i I've, that 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 uh, disconnect does not occur to all these people it really just doesn't it's amazing to me uh i think that's the thing that's yeah. actually upset the canadians the most um certainly in all the news reports i've been hearing the man on the streets interviews in ottawa yes it's twenty one days on. It's getting frustrating, please go home. You made your point, but the thing that really upsets Canadians is the fact that we know it's the u s that's funding it. It's not even our own thing it's it's the Canadians are getting upset because it's a foreign government that is basically financing and encouraging this Mhm, mhm
2: yeah, I think interesting to me that uh, you're starting to slip into referring to Canadians as us it, It's hard powers. not
1: to. <laughs> I, I'm living here now. Um, it,
2: did, it didn't didn't take long,
1: Brian. No, I mean my my wife and son are both dual citizens. They're Canadian citizens, and I spent most of this week going to Canadian government offices trying to make myself legal and proper and correct here. and And let me tell you, bureaucracy is bureaucracy. It sucks in every country. Yeah. It's just as bad here. Except there are a lot more. They're a lot nicer about it. That's that's the only right. difference. I was going to say
2: they're very <laughs> apologetic about it. They really are. We're
1: we're very sorry that our system is not working right now. I'm very sorry that this piece of information that you really need in order to even get paid from your job may take another five to eight weeks for you to get it because there's something wrong and we don't know what it is. And I'm very very sorry. Have a donut.
2: <laughs> yeah, that reminds me. I was um I was talking with um. Uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin, 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 uh, anyway, the head of Microsoft, um, the chief security officer for Microsoft Canada. Mm-hmm. And we were talking, he's a regular over on the Cyber Wire. And we were talking about um, uh, how different threat groups have different names and the names have to do with the part of the world that they're in. So the Chinese threat groups are named pandas, mm-hmm. the Russians are named bears and, um, and so on and so forth. Um, and he suggests that if Canada ever had a threat group they should be named apologetic beaver
1: (laughs) (laughs) that sounds perfect and I think we have the name for our podcast
2: Kevin McGee. I'm sorry, Kevin. Your your last <laughs> name escaped me. Kevin McGee. He's the chief security officer at Microsoft. Good guy. Good
0: guy. I can guarantee he
2: won't be listening to this show. So we're good there. <laughs> Probably not. No. And he's also, is also he's also available in Canada.
1: It, yeah. it is, and we're technically CanCon. <laughs> so if any Canadian uh, agencies would like to throw me some money for this, we can actually get some grants. Apparently, so we might apply for those. But uh, yeah, I, I, hear get Kev- work. I hear Kevin. Stop I hear Kevin stopped listening because we were bagging on the uh, Mandalorian too much. Yeah. So.
0: <laughs> and, right. and your hatred for martin short don't forget
1: oh that's true that is a big Aww. black mark up here people are not pleased with me
0: oh yeah Leave Fake martin it. Alone. we need the money even if it's canadian <laughs> that's right. exactly that's right take take one
1: for the team i love that martin short he is just i mean those faces he makes i just can never get enough of them he's just mm-hmm. a wild and
0: crazy guy <laughs> Hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay well,
0: um, uh, <laughs> I know I, I was getting to my point here in a second. The funny part about your whole story is there is a tech aspect to it because uh, I know. Canada is now going after the crypto wallets uh, of some of the people who are trying to fund this uh, mother trucker.
1: So yeah, because, you know, uh, crypto is, is basically a great system that is used for nothing evil or illegal ever or money laundering. No, that's not what it's for.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> not for much longer at the at the rate that they're catching these people, so
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, I did kind good. of gloss over the whole tech aspect which was I was supposed to talk about how it's like they shut down GoFundMe and crypto wallets and all the different methods that people are using to funnel the money up here. It's amazing how difficult I find it to transfer money up here but everybody else seems to have no problem. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you just need to embrace
2: the NFTs. Yes,
1: embrace if I just numbers. buy a few beaver <laughs> NFTs and send them to myself.
2: Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's all you need to do. Yeah, although I would not probably recommend doing any sort of uh, internet search that includes the word beaver.
0: (laughs) This is a good point. point. Or do.
2: (laughs) I I don't judge. (laughs) That's right. We did, after all, all grow up in the 80s. Yes. All right. So uh... (laughs) – I have a story here. Uh interesting website that the folks at uh, Amnesty International um posted and uh you know whether or not you're a fan of of them and what they do um overall I I think I like them although sometimes I think they can go a little too far. I feel about them um, the same put... way I
1: feel about PETA. In general I'm supportive but sometimes yeah. come on guys.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. Um, They have a really interesting website that tracks the NYPD's surveillance machine. They have cataloged, basically they crowdsourced uh, all of the publicly accessible video cameras in the city of New York. Mm. And it is really, I guess it's too, at this point, you can't say it's surprising because we all know about the Panopticon in which we live. Mm -hmm. But to be able to go into this uh, website and put in a starting point and a destination the, the way you would in Google Maps or somewhere else, and have it map out for you all of the cameras you will pass along the way. Yeah, uh, is a bit sobering.
1: It's a it's a stunning use of technology. This is a, this is an amazing website. Um, yeah, it is because I had always heard that London was considered like the most surveilled city in the world, but I think New York has uh, basically just said hold my hold my um, mini craft beer. Uh, they may be they may have taken over. I'd be yeah. interested to find out. Does London or New is London or New York now the the number one city in terms of being surveilled at like all times? Like, it's crazy. It's crazy how many cameras yeah. they have. I, I just did like from, well, from also, the airport to my friend's house in Brooklyn, and it's just like wow, I'd just be on camera the whole time. But it's it's that way anyway. A few years ago, we had
2: an incident here where there was a there was a mall shooting. And um, a few months after it happened, I saw a presentation by the police chief and he outlined how they were able to track down the person who was responsible for this shooting. Mm -hmm. And really what struck me about his presentation was how many times in between when that guy left his house and made his way to the mall and walked around the mall, how many different cameras he was on from getting money out of the ATM to buying coffee at McDonald's to passing by roadway cameras. And and so they were able to just track after the fact, able to track from from home to his ultimate destination uh, via camera. And this was probably a decade ago.
1: Right. And now the quality of the cameras is so much better. Like even, you know, back then, it's actually a, I just finished reading this book, Termination Shock that I've been reading for two months, which we joked about earlier, but there was a brief aside where they talked about like, you know, grainy cam footage from 20 years ago versus like high resolution cameras that actually move and track movements and all that sort of stuff. And how good the surveillance cameras are these days.
2: Yeah. 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 Zoom in, magnify. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Well, I did a little research while you guys were talking.
0: And the Chinese city of Taiwan, uh, T-A-I-Y-U-A-N, located in the Shanxi province, um, they have about 117 public cameras per 1,000 inhabitants, which is uh, <laughs> the highest. Uh, a chicken
1: in every pot alive. and a camera on every face. There you yeah. Go. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, second up is uh, London with 73 cameras per 1,000. And uh, yeah, we come in way lower. Like New York and LA have uh, seven and nine. Okay. For 1,000 huh. inhabitants. So.
1: Well, look what you yeah, can do with just seven. We ain't got nothing
0: on London <laughs> or the Chinese.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Very cool. So there you have it.
0: There you have it. Uh, and I thought this one was just too funny. Three former Getter employees say the social media platform laid off its entire security and IT teams, and one said it was run like a high school operation. <laughs> so. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, They basically dumped the entire IT and security staff. uh, All all two of
1: them. (laughs) Yeah,
2: that's (laughs) it. Well, and I mean, that basically means the the clock is running on this site, right? I mean, it's only a matter of time before somebody just pones it and... It's circling the drain.
1: I mean, so I always hasn't already happened. I always yeah. felt like the site and and I can't remember the name of the other one that sprung up too. I always just felt like these were just money grabs, anyways. I I always felt like they never had any intention of really building these things out and making them real. They just wanted mm-hmm. to get all the donations and siphon the money off and buy beaver NFTs and hide the money. So.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I think it's probably a fair assessment.
1: Yeah.
0: So uh, I can't remember if this one or it was the other one that I can't remember the name on. was the one that used the Mastodon back end. I think it might have been Getter.
1: Because they just said, basically you know,
0: cobbled together. Parlor. Oh, that was Parler. That's yeah. Right, Parlor. Yeah. Parlor did that. They just cobbled together an open source, you know, kind of back end and yep. ran with it. Right. So, right. Yeah. Well, have at it, guys. She's asked to the wind right now. All 12 people that have signed up, <laughs> go get their deets on. <laughs> And I, I found this one, and I just thought it was fascinating. It's an article titled "Never, ever, ever use pixelation for redacting text." This <laughs> is over at BishopFox.com, and it is a great breakdown on why you should not ever use, you know, blur or pixelization on letters to, to try and, uh, you know, redact them or hide their meaning. Now, uh what you can do though is definitely punk people that might be reading your your stuff with fake text and then blur that and then put that in. That would be kind of fun, I think.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Right, right. Right. You could virtually rickroll them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs>
0: So if you do have yeah. people that are tracking you down, that's one one way to be fun with it, I guess.
2: Yeah, I saw this story earlier this week. In fact, we were considering it for our Research Saturday show, but didn't think there was quite enough here to do a whole episode on.
0: Well, but, that's us. Um, we just take your trash. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but it's fascinating, and I think this stuff is just going to get better. I mean, you, know, you see some of the... Uh, De blurring tools in, uh, that are built into Photoshop now, and they are yep. practically indistinguishable from magic. How How is it possible? And yet, well, isn't here
1: it? We are. Doesn't it really just come down to just about anything that you can do with an algorithm, you can undo with a reverse engineered algorithm of that algorithm? So it's going to happen. It's the computers. Yeah. Giveth and they taketh away. So,
2: <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: I guess
0: no, and I do have. I've got the Topaz suite of uh, their Gigapixel stuff. Oh, I've
1: played with that. They're it's operating. amazing.
0: Oh, it's it's incredible. I bought all of them, and uh, you can do some really cool stuff with it. Even the video ones are really nice too. <clears throat> if you have some old family footage you want to punch up, you can even almost kind of rotoscope it if you like. Super set the blur on on the things. It's, we can get some really cool effects out of it. Those tools are just. They're, it's unbelievable. I mean, you can I mean, put yeah. Photoshop's built in stuff, which is magic to shame.
1: You can take like an old 640 but, by it, 480 photo that you took with your old flip phone, run it through this thing, and it's like you shot it on an iPhone. It's crazy.
2: Yep. One of the examples that really struck me was when um, Disney Plus released the Muppet Show uh, that they had up And mm-hmm. the Muppet Show was shot on video in the 70s. So that would have been one inch videotape, uh, you know, composite standard definition video and they've up this stuff and and the like it's the, the detail of the fabrics and the puppets is unbelievable yeah it, it's really amazing yep yep that's the future man that's
0: the future yeah. we don't need we don't need no more stinking luke skywalker
2: we can do it ourselves i guess
0: not Over at Patreon, we've got Harrison, Mark, and Karsten. Welcome. Thank you very much.
1: And over at PayPal, we've got Miles, Sherry, Natalie, Linda, Derek, Edward, Nathaniel, Dag, Ramsey, Tom, and Michelle. Thank you. Over at Stripe, we've got Sean and Theodore woo And after basically going (laughs) an awful long time without any reviews, we got four this week. Uh, The first, Co-Teddy Bear. Gives us five stars. Great grumpiness. Love these guys. Love the banter between them. I always put them at the top of the list when the show arrives. Security Ha is one of my faves, as is at the library. I've gotten some great suggestions, and I even tried some they stated weren't good, and they were right. Dave Bittner is a great Ah. addition to Security Ha. Just got back from vacation and had five episodes to listen to. Score. Keep on grumping. Hang on a second. We put out one episode a week. That means you had a five, you must be European, a five-week vacation. Must be. Lucky must bastard.
0: be French. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, and Bob Hellbringer writes, five stars, great show. Jason and Brian are worth at most two and a half stars each, but that adds up to five stars, so there you go. Well,
1: thank you, Bob mm, Hellbringer. We're like peanut butter and chocolate. Yeah, Something like that. <laughs> Speaking of uh, of treats, Angel of Cake gives us five stars. Great show for friends and foes alike. I was going to give the show two stars, but after seeing how handsome Dave Bittner is, I upped it to four stars. (laughs) I was then drawn to thoughts of my enemies when it occurred to me that giving the show five stars will help boost it in the algorithm. This increases the odds that my enemies will have to watch it too. Enjoy the show. Deliveroo! And Cheezic writes in
0: with uh, Cheesyk23 writes in with a five star. Great stuff. I wish I had found this podcast sooner. The guys are great. The episodes are very educational and informative. Don't know what show you're listening to. <laughs> Keep up the great work. Insert snarky comment. Well, thank you, Cheezic 23 and everybody else that wrote in with your reviews this week. Mm hmm. And we've also got a question that came in that I want to address real quick. It's, hello, Jason. I'm about to buy a Fujifilm X100V. I'm not sure if you've used one before, but if you have, I wanted to see if you had any expert opinion on it. I have not used the Fujifilm X100V, but I did have an X-Pro1 for quite some time. and It was a great camera. I think they're out to the X-Pro3, but uh, Fujifilm uh, cameras are awesome. I love them. And uh, he also goes on to say, uh, also a long-time listener, and I've always heard you plug Adorama. And I wanted to use the code at checkout, but the code is no longer valid. Yes, sorry on those uh, older sponsors. For some strange reason, I don't understand why. They turn off the coupon codes after a while. So uh, SOL is, uh, (laughs) I believe, the new coupon code for that because we got nothing. Sorry, but uh, check out the Fujifilm X100V and let me know how you like it. It's a good camera.
1: Yep. Okay. I got a camera in my phone. It's pretty good. Just saying. (laughs) And we lost P.J. O'Rourke this week. The writer and humorist has died at the age of 74. A conservative writer and humorist whose acerbic wit and writings often won admiration on both sides of America's political divide. I agree. I love this guy. I thought he was one of the funniest guys out there. Uh, Incredibly smart and intelligent. We have lost a great voice, which is unfortunate. Though O'Rourke often reserved his sharpest barbs for the left and Democrats, he admitted that in 2016's election, he would be supporting Hillary Clinton over the Republican nominee Donald Trump. She's wrong about absolutely everything, but she's wrong within normal parameters, he said. (laughs) (laughs) Loved him. True, so funny true that Yep, oh good stuff he will be missed until next time i'm jason DeFilippo, and i'm brian shellmeister thanks for listening to grumpy old geeks if you enjoy the show visit gog.show slash donate to help us keep the lights on and we'll love you forever you can also help us out by sharing the show with your friends and enemies it's easy and absolutely free show notes for this episode are at gog.show slash 541 from there you can find links to everything we talk about in the episode as well as links to our swag and discord channel if you want to buy some stuff or chat with us and other show fans you can also head over to gog.show slash contact and send us your feedback or questions we can read on the air and if you're so inclined please head over to gog.show slash review and toss us the snarky review and preferably five stars stay grumpy
2: didn't really end it on a bang there did we <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah we were kind of like uh one of the people that didn't place at the olympics because we certainly didn't stick that landing
2: <laughs> yeah yeah!